Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. Shortly after I arrived at Christ for the Nation Institute in 2000, I briefly met John Holler, a faculty member at this historic Bible school. There were a few things I immediately noticed about this man. In the world of professional football, it is often spoken of a certain rarity of player as a throwback to another era. These are players who have no ulterior motives as to why they do what they do, other than the fact that they love what they do. These rugged ones work hard all the time. They grind day in, day out, until they accomplish the task at hand. In their mind, the game was meant to be played with a tenacity and a toughness unmatched by others on the gridiron. The intensity of the fire that burns within is seen in their eyes. They strike fear in their opponents. These throwbacks refuse to bow to the whims of comfort or conventional thinking in pursuit of the taste of victory. John Holler was a throwback. The first thing I noticed about Dr. Holler was his penetrating stare. The second thing that became obvious once I heard him speak was the intensity that burned within him for the things of God. As head usher at CFNI during my second year, there were many Tuesday night or Thursday morning chapel services when I'd wait along with my ushers for the queue as Dr. Holler gave a brief intense exhortation to give an obedience unto the Lord. Finally, he'd utter, Ushers, ush! And he loved history, especially the history of past revivals. During one of his chapel sermons, he shared how he had purchased the childhood home of a well-known minister who had gone on to be with the Lord. That fact alone fascinated me about this throwback. It is obvious from those who were personally directly affected by Dr. Holler's life that he was a spiritual father to many. During my last semester, I signed up for his class, Homiletics, The Art of Preaching. Though intense, there were those moments when his beaming smile was like a ray of sunshine breaking through the clouds. For instance, there was a hilarious moment once in class when he grabbed a marker to write furiously on the dry erase board. Later in class, he went to erase it so that he could write something else. However, it wouldn't erase. It turned out that Dr. Holler had accidentally grabbed a permanent marker. The look on his face was priceless 
as he oscillated between venting frustration or letting loose with laughter. He chose the latter. Another moment involved an older student, Larry Melton, who was in his 50s when he enrolled at CFNI. After Larry had preached while Dr. Holler critiqued his message, Dr. Holler was effusive in his praise of Larry's message. At one point, Dr. Holler indicated that the climax of Larry's message was the use of an unusual word. I leaned in to make sure I caught whatever it was that Larry had magnificently shared. Quote, Speaking of himself as he sat on the hood of his car, Dr. Holler remarked, Someone approached them, and I, quote, Larry, I swiveled my head to see who it was. He swiveled his head. Swiveled. Dr. Holler went on to share how much he loved how Larry selected an obscure word to replace a common overused word, such as, I turned my head. Dr. Holler was amped over the use of such a word to replace a commonly used word. I'll never forget that moment, and I will always be mindful of the indirect aim of Dr. Holler to heap praise upon a student in order to encourage them in their pursuit of the call of God upon their life. As he taught the entire class a key lesson, he singled out a student with affirmation. That is what fathers and the Lord do. In that class, I interacted with him quite a bit. At the beginning of the course, he announced that he would take the top three preachers from the class with him that summer to preach at different churches in Texas. My ears perked up. I was all game. Each student was required to sign up for a three-minute time slot to preach within that short window of time. He assigned a specific text from the Bible for us to use in our sermon. Like a kid with a Christmas wish list of the most desired toys, I certainly had my aim on being selected as one of the top three. During the semester, Dr. Holder intentionally invited former students to come preach, including two he forewarned us as preachers who broke every rule of homiletics while preaching, though he also invited one or two former students that he held up as an exemplary model of a fine-tuned preacher. However, I honestly don't remember those. I do remember the two that were in the other category, the preachers he deemed as the rule-breakers of homiletics. And he certainly had a point. We observed this firsthand. The two former students rambled on without a clear rudder to steer the message. As the message drowned amidst the confusion, what was the preacher trying to communicate? What was the point of the sermon? It was a sobering eye-opener for me. Beforehand, Dr. Holler was adamant that we first learn the basic building blocks of solid preaching. 
now we knew why. He didn't have to say anything else. The underwhelming preaching had said it all. Those two examples clearly delineated what not to do. It was a teachable moment crafted by Dr. Holler with no words necessary afterwards. Moving forward, I sought to implement every key principle from my homiletics class that Dr. Holler taught us as I prepared my brief three-minute sermon. The day finally arrived. I preached my heart out when it came my turn to apply the principles I had learned in class. Somewhat fitting, I spoke on spiritual fatherhood as my wife joined Dr. Holler in the audience. With a heart bowed before the Lord, I gave it my best shot. Afterwards, he gave me excellent feedback on multiple areas of correction for improvement. Like a sponge, I readily absorbed his feedback. My heart was tenderized as he spoke glowingly of the overall message, which encouraged me immensely. As stated previously, I was hoping to be one of the three preachers selected by Dr. Holler to preach with him in Texas. As the semester wore on, our plans beyond graduation took shape. Now, we were planning to move to California upon graduation to attend Fuller Theological Seminary while also ministering to college students at Cal State Long Beach. With these new plans, I realized even if I was selected, I would not be able to travel with Dr. Holler to preach as we would have to move immediately after graduation. In the busyness of finishing my last semester and raising financial support for our next chapter, I didn't read one of the two required books for my homiletics course. Obviously, that adversely affected my final grade. Days before graduation, Dr. Holler approached me. Brian, why didn't you finish the book you were assigned to read? He inquired. That negatively affected your overall grade. I saw a measure of disappointment in his eyes. Truthfully, I I was caught off guard in that moment. He was simply a father who was disappointed that his son didn't rise to the challenge to seize an opportunity at hand. My choices were not befitting of a throwback who gave it everything they had at every possible moment. He was disappointed, rightfully so. He went on to explain that I could have been one of the three handpicked for the preaching, but my failure to complete the required reading disqualified me from allowing him to select me. I I was surprised by his tone that echoed the firmness of his words. He expected more from me. He would not be able to engage in a teachable moment with a student in whom he saw God's potential to preach the gospel with passion, conviction, and power. However, the missed opportunity became a teachable moment for me. It was an awkward moment. I fidgeted a bit under his intense stare. I didn't know what to say. No more words were spoken. He was right. Even then, I knew 
it was a teachable moment if I had ears to hear what the Spirit of God was saying to me. As we departed, he didn't alleviate the situation with any comforting words. He left it as is so that it would sink deep into my heart. And he was not going to accept anything less than what a throwback requires of himself. Over the years, I have thought about that moment quite a bit. During a ministry trip to Dallas, Texas in 2016, I visited the campus. While at headquarters building, I ran into Dr. Holler. It was in my heart to track him down, to ask him for his forgiveness for my immaturity and the decision I made not to give it my all during his course 14 years earlier. I had permitted slothfulness to have the final word. Plus, it was my desire to thank him for that teachable moment. He had just returned to the campus after voting nearby for the presidential elections, which were just days away. As we spoke, it dawned on me that he didn't remember who I was. I explained a bit that I had graduated back in 2002, and I had taken his course. He just shook his head as I realized that he had no recollection as to who I was. In that moment, I decided not to share what was on my heart. I didn't know if it was simply due to the sheer volume of students that come through each year as each graduation class becomes a sea of forgotten faces, or if there was perhaps memory issues that he was facing that robbed him of his ability to recall such individuals from the past. Not wanting to embarrass him, if the latter was the case, I digressed and simply extended my hand to him to thank him once again for the impact he had on my life as a student. This time, our departure included a handshake, even a smile, and parting words before he ascended the steps to his office as I exited through the front door. It was a fitting closure for the teachable moment. Dr. Holler was a throwback. He was a man who loved Jesus with all of his heart. His very presence emanated the affirming presence of the Father. He crafted countless teachable moments for many spiritual sons and daughters who still treasure the lessons learned under his leadership. This beloved preacher inspired many during his lifetime to live lives worthy of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 is a passage that aptly captures the motivation of this fatherly throwback. For you know how. Like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, purity, and prayer.